Welcome to Adulting Backwards. This is Adulting Backwards. Adulting Backwards. That's all I got. And we're back. Welcome back, Adulting Fam. We're back another week and we're back with another great conversation for you. Before we get started, I want to send a shout out to Jason and his family. He's not here this week, but it's not because he's ill. He is feeling well. He is doing good. And his family just had a big, what would you call it? Accomplishment. Yes. Uh, His daughter graduated high school, so he is not with us today because he is celebrating with her. So I want to send a shout out to his family. Congratulations. It's awesome. And to anybody that's graduated with um during the class of 2022 i want to send a shout out to all of you as well because for the past few years i know they've been rough so for you to make it to graduation congratulations if your graduation is coming further along this year because you know colleges graduate at different times congratulations are still in order so can i get a hand clap all right so we're gonna get started and before we get started let's do a little check-in and since it's me and Antonio, we'll just speak <laughs> on what's going on with us. Yes. So right now we have a sick child in the home. Um, I don't know if you all are aware, but kids are still getting sick, not necessarily with COVID, but I would say like other things kind of related to COVID from what my understanding is. We went to the doctor. So there was like a strand of like diarrhea going around. Um, there was like weird strands of bronchitis going around. Um, uh, RS RSV, yeah. um, going around and now the flu is going around and, um, our baby has caught the flu. Unfortunately, he was part of that. So we're dealing with a, a sick child right now and he is not in the best of spirits, but y'all keep us in our prayers, keep him lifted up, positive vibes. He's going to be all right. But other than that, um, individually, I'm doing good. Met up with the personal trainer, you know, still working on that self-development. And I'm going to be getting started June 1st. He sent me my meal plan. I sat down with him, went over a few things, um, and it seems like it's going to be very intense. So <laughs> I will keep you guys fully abreast to um, how all of it turns out and, you know, my pains and woes along the way because I know they're coming. What's up with you guys? Um, let's see, uh, beginning of next month, I get to go to get a third opinion from, from another place of reputable status to see if they can tell me, um, something better than, uh, the specialty physician I'm seeing because, uh, he's starting to sound like he's giving up and I'm not. So that's good. Um, of course I've been working a lot on, my new business endeavor. Well, our new business endeavor. And when we get it fully launched, we will definitely be announcing it on here. So you all can check it out. Yes. Yes, we will. All right. You good? Yeah, that's it for me. All right. Well, adult and fam, I hope you all are doing well. And we're going to jump right into the topic today. Um, So I came up with this topic because it's been on my heart for a while. But there's been a lot of things recently happened with people um, we know. Um, and it's basically about death. And I'm, my question is, why are we so unprepared for death? 
or like dealing with it when a, a loved one dies? Um, where do you want to start? Um, I started the chosen ignorance because that's what most people do, <laughs> us included. Um, um, starting not being prepared, like, um, yeah, it's inevitable. So, I mean, it's coming. Everyone knows it's coming. There's no avoiding it. There's no hidden fountain of youth down in Florida. They've been looking for for hundreds of years. You could tell that if you ever went to Florida. But, um, no, it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't. Well, I kind of know personally how I used to think about it. I just, I don't know, I didn't care. So, I mean, it's like, I just kind of push it out like I'm not worried about it because it's either going to happen or not. And I just totally push the idea out so I didn't have to think about it. And then as I progress through life and people start dying more and the more death I see, um, of course that changes. Yeah. So I want to say probably from like a young age, I'd been going to like funerals, you know, you have a lot of being down South, you got a lot of older family members and sometimes they live very, very long. And then sometimes you have the ones who haven't lived such a, you know, great lifestyle and they go off and they die. And then there's other situations where people die. And, um, my first one that really impacted me was when my grandfather died um, I'd been very close to them. We lived with them. And at that time, I think I was still under trying to understand like death and everything that came with it. Um, and I feel kind of weird saying it cause I was older when it happened. So I think I was in like seventh grade when he died. And I mean, I could grasp the concept of, of death and understanding that, but it was like more so like my feelings and understanding that, or like the feelings of everybody around me. So it was my mother's father who had passed. And I saw a change in her behavior and how she was acting and things like that. And I understood, you know, she, her being sad. But then, like, the other emotions that came with it, like, she was pissed. She was very pissed. You know, she was mean. She was taking it out on us. And she came back, you know, and she apologized later. But, like, me being younger, I'm like, what is wrong with her? Like, I don't understand that. And it was, like, as quick as he died and we put him in the ground, it was like, all right, well, you know, a week later, let's return to life. And it's like, but he ain't here. Like stuff is different. Um, and that was my first time really grasping like, okay, we don't know how to handle these situations very well. And after a while, nobody wanted to talk about it because nobody wanted to be sad, but we were all still very much grieving. And there was like no how to, like how to grieve, how to be okay. Like none of that. Um, and then the next one I had that was very, very major, um, my younger sister had died like unexpectedly. She was 19. We had just celebrated her birthday. And like 10 days later, she was gone. Um, and even now, like I, that was in 2018, the hardest thing to deal with in process. Cause it's like when people are older, I think maybe it's easier to accept, um, Cause you know, the older you get, some older people look at death differently. But then when it's somebody young, it's like, this shouldn't have happened. You know, oh my God, how do we handle this? And there was, you know, it's literally like I'm with this person this day. They have all these life plans or planning trips or doing things. And then I get the one last text message and she's gone. Just like that. You know, you don't get to say goodbye. You don't get the, 
anything. Um, and I had no idea how to handle that. I'm still, if I'm being completely honest, still trying to figure out how to grieve, um, just dealing with the death of my sister. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's, that was really difficult. I I mean, especially, especially for you and like something you brought up, which I'm going to talk about. Um, I also lost my sister. Yeah. And that was in, um, the spring of 2020. And, uh, a lot of things you see is avoidance. You talked about, well, you didn't say specifically avoidance, but it's after a point, people just want to avoid so they don't have to feel their feelings or deal with stuff. They rather just push it down and try to carry on, um, without properly dealing with it, which comes back and, um, give you difficulties later on. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is as well is that, yeah, we know it's inevitable um, that everyone is going to die, but it also, you have to understand that, that nobody's exempt. So like, yeah, I mean, you, of course you like elderly folks, um, you know, mom and dad, kids, but like not even babies are exempt. Like people have losses every day. Yeah. Every day. And it's going to hit people different. Like I've, I've known a lot of people to pass and it really didn't bother me that much. Cause I wasn't really close to a lot of people. So like how I was, I didn't, I'm just like, okay, well I didn't let it try to get in. Um, and then when I did get hit by a couple that affected me, it was usually like I seen the person the day before and the next day, like they're gone. Um, and then I guess like the hardest one I would have to say would have been, uh, my sister, like I said, she passed in, um, in April of 2020 from an overdose. Um, and that hit me hard for a couple of reasons. Uh, one of those reasons was it was, um, uh, I think just under two months short of losing my, my biological father, like yeah. our biological father. Yeah, it was. So we lost him and then. I was able to meet siblings that I had never known. Um, that I had asked my father to introduce me to, and he had given me some bogus story about how he didn't talk to them and they're disrespectful. Oh, anyway, long story short, um, yeah, he just kind of blocked us from connecting. So I got to meet a whole nother side of my family and had the opportunity to, thanks to technology, introduce my sister to that family as well because I'm out here on the East Coast, and she was back in the West. So, and then like not even like a month and a half later, I'm calling them, uh, like at nighttime, you know, having a hard time keeping together, let him know that she's not here no more. So, I mean, that one probably hit me the hardest. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. It, it was a very rough time, uh, for the both of us during that time. Um, and that's the other thing too, like even as a, a couple or just having people around, People don't always know how to support you. And sometimes you'll end up grieving alone. Um, I know I went through that. And it's it's yeah. not, I won't say it's any fault of Antonio's, but just in general. Like my parents had people swarmed around them for like months. You know, people were there, people were coming. Um, my grandparents were staying with my parents. Pretty much whatever they needed, somebody was there. Or if they, you know, somebody felt like they needed to call or do something, somebody was doing it. And then me, on the other hand, you know, 
my mom's coming to me and like expressing herself in great detail and things like that. And I'm talking to my dad and stuff and I'm pretty much, I'm taking on some of their stuff and not really, you know, handling my own stuff with grieving and accepting the loss of my sister. And I don't have that. Like, I don't have people, you know, people aren't calling me, people aren't doing this, people aren't doing that. And then, and this gets into the other thing I want to talk about. I had people reaching out to me that I hadn't spoken to in years. Like they had cut me off. We weren't talking, things like that. And then you have those people reaching out to you. And with you being in that vulnerable space, you almost want that comfort. But then you realize once you start engaging with these people, like, you know, they were just doing this because, you know, it's it's the right thing to do to say, yeah. yeah, oh, you're okay. If you need anything, you know, I'm there for you. But then like when you reach out and you're wanting, you know, that, that to be reciprocated, it just wasn't happening. Um, and it was probably one of the worst experiences for me. It was like a loss on top of a loss. So it was like you're alone and you realize just how alone you are. Um, it was rough. It was rough. And it's, it still is very much. But it was definitely rough during that time. Yeah, I know that once I lost my sister, because even after my father, I didn't, I didn't hit that that certain point. Yeah. Um. But then after I lost my sister, I went back to Heather and I apologized. I'm like, I'm sorry, I wasn't there for you like I should have been because I didn't know the stuff I'm feeling now. You know what I mean? So I didn't know this part. Of, I thought it was just how I experienced death beforehand. Yeah. And it, it it wasn't the same. Yeah. Now just to give you guys just like a glimpse of how I dealt with death, like I was like a footstep away from going into that type of business, like mortician and bomber stuff like that. Like I was poised to do that. And that's what I was going to do. And, uh, I ended up deciding to go a different way. And, um, yeah. So when I started, um, I was getting, the actually getting hit hard. Like, yeah, that changed my perspective on it. Yeah, we actually both were. We were going to, like, set up this whole thing. He was going to be, like, a funeral director. And at the time, I thought, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be, like, a grief counselor. And, you know, when they they come to me and come to him and we can help people all the way around. But then when we actually experienced it ourselves, it's like, there's no way. There is no way I could could do that and, you know, be okay every night. There's no way. But it was definitely a, a harsh reality really fast. So to keep going on the topic, the one thing I do want to emphasize right now are things that you shouldn't say to people when they're grieving, because I experienced this and it is not helpful. It did not make me feel better. It was very awkward for me and the people involved. Um, so the first one is, I'm sorry for your loss. I know it sounds generic and a lot of people be like, you should say it, this, this, and that. But I would come back to people when they would say that. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm sorry too. And you know, it's just, it's crickets. Like, Oh, what do I say now? I wasn't expecting that. I'm not telling you. Thank you. I'm sorry too. I don't want to experience this. This doesn't feel good. Which leads me to my next one. How are you doing? Bro? Are you serious? Yeah. (laughs) I'm doing horrible. Yeah. I remember, I remember, um, one night you had, um, then you went off on somebody because they had said that to your mother and we were over there trying to be supportive there. And, um, 
Yeah, it was like, no. Yeah. That's how are you doing? You know I'm not doing well. Don't ask me a dumbass question. Some questions are dumb. That's dumb. Don't ask me how I'm doing. I'm doing terrible. I don't feel good. You see me crying. I'm in the bed. I'm just getting by. I'm not doing well. Use your social cue knowledge. Like you see me, you know, I'm not doing well. Don't ask me how I'm doing. That's stupid. Just don't. Um, the other one is they're in a better place now. Don't just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Don't nobody wants to hear that. No. And, and nobody can stay there in a better place now. Cause you really don't know. You don't. So let's, let's not even go there. Um, you're going to grow from this. What? This ain't the time. No, that's like that's like telling me I'm about to grow my rap cheeks. I'm about to put my foot up your ass. <laughs> like, no, nah, I ain't finna grow from this. I'm and if you do say this. that, like, how can you explain to the person that they're gonna grow from this when they are hurting? They are hurting. They just lost somebody that meant something to them. That person is never coming back. How am I gonna grow from this? Um, the next one is I understand how you feel. Um, no, you don't. this should just never be used period. When you're talking to people, um, feelings and emotions are individualized, you know, so don't just don't do it. Um, stop crying, move on. That is very harsh. It's hurtful. There's no way you can come back from that and being like, you know, Oh, I didn't mean it like that. You're going to get cussed out or you're going to get busted in your face. It's just don't. And the next one, and this kind of made me think about you, because I feel like some people may have said this when your sister had passed, but they brought this on themselves. Oh, they might have thought that by them look, but I can guarantee, I can promise you no one said that to my face. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I was, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I would hit somebody. I would hurt somebody. Yeah. So, like, even if the person was not doing the best in their life, maybe they weren't making the best decisions, it is not for you to come out when that person has died and say something so cruel to the family or to somebody who cared about them. Like, that's unnecessary. You don't wait till somebody died to just unleash everything. Mm -mm. No, I think a lot of of those, too, like, don't just give a generic answer or, sorry, answer. Or tell people what you think they want to hear in that situation because it's not genuine. And I know if anybody says any of that stuff to me, even on a regular day, if somebody's like, oh, hi, um, no, how, how you been? How you doing? Well, I, of course, I got medical issues. I'm like, oh, how you doing? How you been? It's like, I'm not doing good. Like, don't just ask something. Like, just don't go through the motions. Because it, if it's not sincere, I feel it's disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like... um. One thing I had to try to learn too was like when um, Heather was going through one, some of her like major losses, it was, I had to tell her, I said, I don't know what to say to you. I like, I know being here helps, but I'm he- like, I'm right here, but I'm not, I don't feel like I'm feeling that, that void of support that you need. Cause I don't want to just tell you things that I will think make you feel better cause it's not genuine. And I feel like I'm not doing you justice. Or being supportive. It's like I'm just, it feels like I'm lying to you. So that that was a big thing too. And that's like, again, that's why I said like when I had some major, more like late, sorry, major losses later on, I went back and I apologized to her. 
Yeah. It, it was rough. It was rough. Um, I think the thing, and I'm going to share with you all too, and then a little bit more detail on why my sister's death was so impactful is um, she was getting ready to be airlifted to another hospital. And I had got a call from my parents to come sit with her. And at the time she had been talking, she was up, she was fine. Um, and then a few other things happened. I can't share with you because there's a case pending right now. So I can't share too many, you know, details about it. Basically I get there and I'm, I'm there in my sister's last moments and I am watching her heart give out. I am watching them. Um, when they, what is that? When they put the things on your chest, the defibrillator. Yeah. I'm watching them do that. And then I'm eventually watching the doctor give up and I'm watching her heart just slowly go out on the machine and everybody's just standing still. It's the longest moment I think I've ever experienced. And I'm, I'm watching my sister, like the life, like leave her eyes and I'm, I'm watching her die. And for days after that, I could, I still had those images in my head for months and and like just the, I could just be doing like random things. And I I see her there there. I'd got so low in my, like, I I went through depression. I, I, I had to call it what it is. Depression, PTSD. I'm having flashbacks. I'm having nightmares. I'm beating myself up about it. Like maybe you could have done something. You didn't do enough. Um, but I got so low, like me and Antonio had gotten to like this huge argument one day. Um, and I'm just crying and crying and crying. And I tell him, and I don't even know if he like, he picked up on it, but like, I wanted to go too. And I told him, I said, I just want to go to that graveyard and lay next to my sister with her in the ground. And I don't know, you know, what was going through his head, but he like, he like went off and I just took off running, but it would be situations like that. We were like, we were dealing with, like, I did not know how to grieve. I didn't know how to handle those strong emotions. It was way more than what I've ever experienced. Um, and eventually I did end up going to see a counselor that specifically specialized in, you know, uh, grieving and things like that. But beforehand, like, my emotions were just running rapid. There's some days I felt like I was okay. There were some days somebody could just say a word or anything. I would get triggered. There would be times where I would see girls that I thought looked like my sister. Like I was, I struggled. Yeah. Like shopping or stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Literally all the time. And it's things like none of that stuff had ever happened before, but like I was struggling and I was struggling alone. I was really struggling alone. Um, but I said all that to say this, like I, I knew what that felt like. So when Antonio's sister, well, when his father passed, you know, I was more than supportive, whatever I can do, you let me know. Um, but he didn't really let me in. And then when his sister passed, he showed emotions that I had never seen him express before. Yeah, he didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I tried, you know, the best I could to be there for him, to listen, to be understanding, because I didn't want him to feel what I felt. But even with Antonio being as blocked off as he is, he still had people that were trying, you know, to support him and be there for him and things like that. 
But I mean, how do you think you handled your grieving process? Um, uh, well, I had to, I ended up having it cause usually how I deal with loss is drinking and anger. Um, well I cut out drinking a long time ago. I might've drank here and there like since like years ago. Um, but it was more like social or very small amounts. Not like how I, like I used to drink heavily, like a fish. And, um, so I ended up going to talk to somebody, uh, about it. And I ended up going, I told Heather, I said, I have to go. Um, so I, I, I took a weekend out. Um, I went had um, I took my tent, all, all my kind of stuff. I went camping. I wanted to be alone. Uh, I rented a, a, I rented some space on some land. Um, so kind of like what Airbnb. Yeah, they have it to where, camping. yeah, for camping. Like high camp. I think that's what it is. Shout out to high camp. Um, so, yeah, I, I rented some space on a property in South Carolina, and I drove out there, and I took two days to reflect on the loss of my sister and my father. Um, I dealt with my father's first because that was easier for me to deal with. Most of that, um, I feel, was because I was – I was like, I, like Heather said, I shut her out. I was mad. Um, I was, I, of course I like, I was mad and upset and it was not just because like some of the things like my father still kept from me. Cause you know, I didn't actually meet, meet my father until I was in my late twenties, right before me and Heather got mm -hmm. married. And, um, so I was trying to build a relationship with him. Um, but it was, I was also upset at myself because I didn't do more to build that relationship. Um, or I didn't say some of the things I'd wanted to say. And now that door is closed. I mean, yes, I could still say them, but it's not the same to me. Um, and then I went through, then I had to do the loss of my sisters. That was hard. Um, to the point, like my sister's memorial was a year later because of COVID and, and there was also an investigation, um, after her passing and whatnot. Um, so when I went a year later, it was a little over a year to, um, her memorial, um, that was hard. Like, uh, I know my mother was upset that she was using avoidance. Um, I, I knew some other family was upset. Um, I think I was the most upset there. Um, and like, it wasn't like when I went up there, I was, I was holding myself together pretty good. But when I went up to talk, I couldn't, I could barely talk. I was breaking down. I said, I tried to say as much as I could, um, you know, see, uh, the whole memorial thing, the whole purpose of that. And, um, and then I had to stop and I know I could see it hitting different people as I talked because they couldn't, they couldn't avoid it and they couldn't like, well, I guess they could look away from me, but they couldn't stop hearing me. Um, yeah. So dealing with those losses, it was, yeah, I had like step away. And even still, like I still like, um, think of my sister, uh, at times, uh, the other day I was reminded of something and I just, so I think about that. Um, try to go through that and not have too many issues. Um, and then I still get reminders of, um, like battle buddies I lost who I served with. Um, or, or friends I've lost when I, you know, 
when I wasn't serving, just like friends I've lost. I'm like, oh, I see you today. Next thing I know, I'm walking to the store and I'm walking by your house and I'm wondering why there's an ambulance there. Just because they're taking you out. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of kind of going off, so I'm sending it back to you. <laughs> yeah. Rather to ask, like, how did you felt that you, do you feel like you grieved the way you needed to? Or is it still like an ongoing process? Um, no, I grieved in the right direction. So, like, it's still an ongoing process. Um, you know, not every death you got to grieve the same. It's going to hit you different from your experience with the people you're feeling towards those people and everything. Um, some of you didn't know that well. You're not going to grieve as much because you don't have that connection. Um, but I feel like I, I grieve for my sister well, but I did need that space. Um, cause like I said, I usually deal with it with drinking and anger. I didn't have the drinking and I didn't want to blow up my family cause that's what I was doing. I was projecting everywhere. Um, and so now I'm dealing with the loss and now I'm seeing me hurting my family, like not physically, but like like emotionally or verbally and it, it's not on purpose is I'm just projecting and that that's like a double hit right there. So I was like, I got to go because I don't want to hurt you guys anymore while I get myself together. So, but it's, it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. When you get hit with them hard losses, that's something you got to, you got to deal with. Yeah. It's not something that I think you can just bounce back from and think like I'm good. Or, you know, like I said before, like I would have days where I would be good or, you know, I think I'm okay. And then boom, anything I get triggered because I hadn't processed it. I hadn't dealt with it. And at the time I didn't know how. Um, And I would say for me too, like I'm still going through the motions. There's times where my mom calls me and she talks to me a lot because she's still going through it. You know, it was, it was her baby. It was her child. Um, And it's put somewhat of a strain on our relationship, you know? Um, and that's the other thing, like death brings a whole nother element of things. It reveals things within yourself. You didn't know it makes you very vulnerable. Um, gosh, it's a, it's a lot that just comes with it. So the other thing I noticed was now that I've experienced, you know, one of those hard hitting ones, like you said, um, I find it hard and I've, I've had these talks with my family before because they've like, okay, you pulled away even more than what you had before. And I'm like, I feel like it'll be easier to do that if something happens to y'all. And I know it sounds selfish and I know it sounds crazy, but that's how I was making it okay. In my head was like, if I didn't get close to people and emotionally attached then when they die, it wouldn't hurt as bad. And I had heard my uncle say that after my grandfather passed. And I thought it was just so messed up, you know, but I didn't know what he was feeling. And then when my sister died, I'm like, I get it. Yeah. I completely get it. And he said that he said, I don't want to be close to anybody. And he, he pulled away from everybody. I know for some years, he even pulled away from his children. Cause he was just like, it'll make it easier for them. If I go, if, you know, they're not emotionally attached to me and it sounds selfish and it sounds crazy, but you got to understand where your mind is when you're grieving and you're trying to make sense of something that hurts so bad, you know, you might not come up with the best decisions because they always say you don't make, you know, permanent decisions off of temporary emotions. 
And at that time, that's what he was doing. He was trying to make permanent decisions off of, you know, that temporary feeling of like sadness and guilt and shame, everything that's wrapped up in grieving. And then there's the other side of that. Like with myself, I didn't really have to pull away from too many people. Um, It helped me stiff arm some more people because I felt like, oh, well, you didn't really care and you don't really care. So I'd rather not let you in like I wasn't going to anyway, but. Um, the other thing it did, uh, it's like, I, I mentioned a friend I have on here and it's like, um, what I think I used the analogy for like sending somebody flowers while they're still alive. Um, so he's not doing good. He's not living his life in the best way. And, um, you know, like the dude's not even talking anymore. He just cut me off talking to me for, I don't know. Like, I don't know what he's going through, uh, but it's like, I've known this guy for like over 20 years. He's like essentially my brother. Like, that's what it feels like. Um, and it's like, okay, well, I just got to get myself ready. Cause if he keeps going down this way, the next call or message I'm going to get about him is, is going to be that he's gone. So it's like, I'm preparing myself for a loss that hasn't even gotten there yet. And that's not good. Yeah. That's the thing though. People do grieve like, um, you know, like the end of relationships and things like that, but no, it's, it's not good. Um, that's how you feel right now. Or that's the position where you're at with your friendship. Um, so the other thing is I, I experienced this too, is like, I don't know if we don't see like, death is something imminent, but like, there's always this idea of there's more time or after somebody is passed, you know, I thought I had more time. Like, why do we feel like that? Why is that even a thing? You know? Um, cause like you said, like babies die. Yeah. I don't know. I think it, it might be like, um, just something to keep you moving. Kind of like, um, I don't want to, I feel like hope or faith is the wrong word. Um, but essentially you're putting it out there like, okay, I got to do this or, um, like I had more, I thought I had more time. So I didn't do everything I wanted to do or, um, say everything I wanted to say. Cause I, I'm a, that I did that same thing. Um, that's when my sister died. I was like, I thought she was going to make it. I thought she was going to beat what she was going through and, and make it. You know, I feel, I, I feel that I'm. Um, I don't want to say lucky, but like, I'm glad to be here today because there's a lot of times in my life that would make it so I wouldn't be here. And I was just like, well, I just assume that's going to be for everyone around me too. We're just going to keep on, keep on moving. You know what I mean? That's, that's not the case. People go to sleep expecting to wake up tomorrow. And when they don't, tomorrow ain't looking for you. Like tomorrow's still going. So, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a hard pill to swallow, and I hate to hear it when people say it. It's like, you know, I thought I had more time, but if we're being real with ourselves, it's like that wasn't necessarily like a, a priority at the time. Like you were concerned with yourself and doing things and, you know, moving a certain way, and then it's like, yeah, you know what, I'll go see such and such, you know, maybe two weeks from now, or I'll go do that maybe later type of thing. So, um 
I, I can see where it gets caught up. Cause I felt like that too, when it comes to like my grandparents and things like that. Um, cause like you said, you, certain things are inevitable. You know, it's coming. You don't want to, you know, project it or feel, I guess, get yourself in that mode, but you know, it's coming. Um, and it's always that thought, like, you know what? I, I won't go see them this weekend. I'll go see them next weekend. Or I'll give them a call later on, this type of thing, that type of thing. And then something happens and you don't get to make that call. It's it's it. So that's definitely a, a hard pill to swallow. And we got to get out of that notion that we have more time and we have to start making time for, for people in our life that matter. I mean, this simply put, we got to do that. Nothing is guaranteed except death in taxes true statements but other than that (laughs) (laughs) right pull you out of this hole yeah pull uh, you guys out of that and just to end on a happier note what i do want to say is if you are grieving or you're going through something do not block those feelings because it will manifest itself in you into something else whether that be PTSD, depression, anxiety, you start experience chronic pain, whatever you do not let out will go, you know, pretty much go in, you know, your body will feel the effects of that. I also went through that as well when my sister died, not, you know, fully letting myself grieve and my body went through a lot of things that it shouldn't have with me being the age that I am. So for anybody that's going through it, find somebody to talk to, Don't block your painful feelings. Let them out. Feel those feelings. Grieve and understand it's a process. If you're not better in a year, it's okay. If you're not better in two years, it's okay. Because what you're pretty much doing is learning how to manage and learning how to press forward, you know, with dealing with the loss. You're not necessarily going to get over it. Um, And nobody is expecting you to. So just learn to process it. Be okay with feeling. And on that note, We'll see you guys next week. Let me me throw in real quick. And just like it's a fact that we have no control over time. There is no like set time or like length of time that it requires for you to mourn. Some people take weeks, months, years. Um, Some people have been mourning for 60 years. Yeah. Or lost ahead. Yeah. You mourn on your own time. Don't let other people put that put that on you because you need that. You need to do it in your own time to do it properly. And like I said, that could that could take the rest of your life. Yeah. Don't let somebody put a timestamp on your healing. No, absolutely not. That's all. That's the last thing I have to say. That's right. the answer. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Well, until next time, Adult and Fam, take care, and we'll see you on the next episode. All right, we gone.